0: Hi everyone, welcome to the Quipster Film Review Podcast. My name is Vince Leo. I'm the author of the film review website, Quipster.net. I invite you to check out over 4,000 of my written reviews. You can be there anytime. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R.net. While you're there, you can also find a link to my other podcast. It's called Around the World in 80s Movies. As you guessed it, I cover 1980s movies. Kind of appropriate given I'm covering a 1980s band for the film I'm going to be reviewing today. Specifically, Motley Crue, because today's film review is going to be on a film that's currently playing on Netflix. It's called The Dirt. It's not rated. I would probably, I would definitely say it would be rated R because it does have strong sexual content, it has nudity, some disturbing imagery, drug use, extensive drug use, violence, and pervasive language. The runtime is an hour and 47 minutes. The cast includes Douglas Booth, Machine Gun Kelly, aka Colson Baker. Daniel Weber, Iwan Rion, Pete Davidson, David Costable, and Catherine Morris. Jeff Tremaine is the director of the screenplay credited to Rich Wilkes and Amanda Adelson. It's based on a book that was done by Motley Crue, Tommy Lee, Mick Mars, Vince Neil, and Nikki Sixx. All they really did was have to recount stories. Neil Strauss is the writer that put it all together there, too. You know, with rock and roll biographies coming out seemingly every few months in the wake of some pretty big critical and commercial successes. I mean, just a few years ago, we had Straight Out of Compton. That brought about other films, Bohemian Rhapsody, most notably, doing incredible box office around the world. You would think the time would certainly be ripe for one of the more outlandish acts to get their due, the 1980s and into the 90s act Motley Crue, finally making due here on a project that had been in development limbo pretty much since their book came out in 2001. In this particular case, this is an act just as well-known, if not more so, for their behavior on and off the stage than for their lasting stamp on music or culture from their time to today. People are naturally interested, though, in the old standards of the allure of entertainment in terms of the lurid details of sex and drugs and rock and roll, so there's plenty of potent content within The Dirt taking from that uh, autobiographical book of the same name, to keep people more than interested, even those people who are not really Motley Crue fans. Douglas Booth here, he's playing the adult version of Nikki Sixx. He came from this troubled home life with this absent father and a single mother who really didn't have much time or interest in dedicating to him in favor of her own pursuits. Music would be his calling card that would, at least for a time, keep him from imploding from his lack of safer emotional outlet. He could thrash out his Arrested Development and angst and anger, and he eventually took things to the next level in trying to pull together his own rock group after appearing in one that wasn't really satisfying his needs. He's a bass player. He eventually launched a more subversive metal act, Heavy metal. After gathering up the fun-loving young drummer named Tommy Lee and then hiring on a professional lead guitarist in Mick Mars to add some edge and experience, this trio of brunettes eventually found their blonde and brash frontman in the cover band act known as Vince Neil. In reality, Neil would be their second frontman. There was another one called Odine Peterson. It wasn't working out, so they found somebody who they thought fit the mold a little bit more. Together, as Motley Crue, they began to take the local club scene on the Sunset Strip in Los Angeles by storm with their mix of hard-driving but very catchy metal riffs and an in-your-face stage show that kept fans coming back for more of the party. So this film really is kind of taking the maybe first 15 years or so of the band and as well as some of their background and putting it into the two-hour movie. The Dirt is directed by Jeff Tremaine. He's primarily known... For uh, a few big screen directorial efforts, Bad Grandpa and uh, the Jackass films, and a lot, a lot of work for TV. He did Jackass, of course, and a few others. It's a difficult proposition to cover such a varied group of four individuals and their backstories within the course of a two hour film, so I. I think Tremaine and his screenwriters, Rich Wilkes and Amanda Adelson, they concentrate more on checking the various boxes of what might make for the best way to compile all of these stories as a fun cinema experience using a lot of shortcuts to zip us through in between. To hang all of these stories together, sometimes a character is going to break the fourth wall. It kind of reminds you of The Wolf of Wall Street most recently in terms of that style. They come on the screen or they break the scene to tell us how things really did or didn't go down. And that gives the film a playful vibe that lets us know that there may be a little bit of mythmaking here to the tales that have been embellished to a good degree. It's a little bit choppy in this regard, but I do think it's still a lot of fun to observe in its music video style energy that it pulsates with throughout. I also think the filmmakers do a great job in differentiating the personalities within Motley Crue, their interactions, their perspectives, all adding to this humor and this endearing camaraderie that they have that you could easily find within other films, like the ensemble superhero flicks that people enjoy, except these guys don't do battle in elaborate set pieces. They rock out on stage, maybe just as elaborately. Very appealing performances also help this production. You have nice turns here from the quartet of actors who admirably all learned how to play the various Molly Cruz songs to more easily sell their musical syncing to the actual tunes. They handle the fun stuff much better than some of the emotional tragedies, though, that come when the highs stop lasting. Vince Neal's vehicular manslaughter and his daughter's cancer battle. They compete for screen time with such things as Nikki Sixx's excessive heroin issues and Tommy Lee's doomed-from-the-start romantic relationship with Heather Locklear. I think one notable omission here, Tommy Lee's relationship with Pamela Anderson has been left out of this movie altogether, even though it overlaps with a couple of the events that we see within the film. The supporting cast here is maybe by necessity a little bit more sketchy and one-dimensional, and I think one bad choice for the film is in casting the perpetually smirky Pete Davidson as this representative from Electra Records who signs them to the label. I think much more fun can be had in observing the performance by David Constable as Doc McGee, as this force of nature that would be Motley Crue's manager, especially as even he has trouble controlling the reins of the out-of-control beer truck careening close to the precipice of self-destruction known as Motley Crue. And perhaps because of all of the ground that the dirt has to cover, I think the one thing that some fans may find disappointing is the lack of focus at all regarding the band when it comes to how and why they made their music to begin with, which seems to be just always to be there despite every effort to disregard it for their own pursuit of pleasure. It's not that their music was particularly meant to be analyzed or dissected in some sort of artistic form, but it would have been nice to get a sense of their philosophy when it came to their band and what they're actually trying to achieve beyond just being a means for money and girls and drugs, or even if that's really all they did it for, at least it would have been nice to have presented it from that angle. I think The Dirt as a film is a little bit like the band itself. It's thinly conceived, it's glossy, it's messy, it's only out there to have fun. And if you take it on that level, I do think that the movie is a success in terms of entertainment. Even if it is a lot of empty calories that doesn't really carry enough weight to make it any kind of lasting impression beyond the viewing experience. But I do think that while the viewing experience is there, you will probably be entertained by it. Fans of the band... Who aren't really caught up with the timeline inaccuracies or the artistic liberties that this film takes will probably enjoy this more than most. But even those who have only a passing familiarity should have an entertaining time following the quartet's tacky and tasteless and raunchy metal branded misadventures. I think that it's really all in fun. It's really there as a fan service kind of film. And if you take it as such, entertainment can be had. It's not going to get any kind of accolades. It's certainly not like Bohemian Rhapsody going to get an Academy Award nomination, even though ultimately I'm going to grade it the same as that film. I'm going to give it three stars out of four. Three stars on my scale means that I do recommend it for people who like this kind of movie. If you like Motley Crue, especially, if you like their music, if you like metal, if you like the 80s and all of the kitsch involved with that, I think you'll get plenty of mileage here, enough to satisfy for a Netflix viewing experience. So three stars out of four is what I'm giving the dirt. I also want to mention they stick around through the credits sequence because there's a good deal more footage, including footage of the actual Motley Crue band performing some of the things that were reenacted within the body of the movie. It's kind of interesting to observe there, too. So... Thanks, everyone, for listening. I hope that you enjoyed the review. If you did, I do encourage you to click the subscribe button if you haven't done so already. Don't forget my other podcast, Around the World in 80s Movies, and all of my reviews are found in written form, including thousands and thousands of others beyond what you hear on this podcast. Quipster.net is where to go. Q-W-I-P-S-T-E-R dot net.